0: people will say oh you're just hallucinating it's not real but i think that anyone that's taking these types of drugs can confirm like these things are real the veil is just gone
1: hey everybody and welcome to the raised and redeemed podcast I'm your host, Michaela Nikolinko, and I started this show after finally finding my home in Christ. I grew up in a home with lots of abuse and addiction where Christianity became something that repelled me. I spent my early adulthood seeking God in other religions, tarot cards, psychedelics, and even myself. I didn't realize how much hell I had pulled up into my life until I came face to face with the dark side and Jesus fought hard to save me. Now I live to serve His will and host a platform where others can share their story too. If you're looking for a show that talks about real things and provides encouragement for those who have been to the dark side and back, then this is the show for you. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share this show with anybody else who might be encouraged by it too. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed family. Hello everybody. So today we are talking to Gabriella Stinson and I'm so excited to have her here today. I've followed her on TikTok and Instagram for a while now and just um, been able to learn and be so inspired. Just by the way, like she shares God's message. She shares about her marriage, honestly, Um, her testimony, her entrepreneurial spirit. I'm so excited to just have her on the show today and um, to hear a little bit more about what God has done in her life. She's got some crazy hell visions and jesus encounters and a new age to jesus testimony so gabriella thank you so much for being here today
0: yes thank you so much for having me again again for those that don't but,
1: know. <laughs> but nobody knows but we tried this last week i haven't told everybody i'm in a new environment right now um yeah so We're currently in the process of moving. We had some Wi-Fi issues, and so Gabriella was so gracious to come back for round two. Yes, so we've got it today, though. (laughs) Okay, so if you wouldn't mind just taking us back uh, to the beginning of your testimony, just a little bit about how you grew up and sort of what led to that first vision of hell that you had.
0: Yes, so um, I would say I had a pretty great childhood. Like, I really don't have any complaints. Um, I think more of, like, the trauma and things I went through came, like, later in life, like junior high and high school. But other than that, my family on my mom's side um, were considered Christians, but I don't think they were necessarily super convicted. Like, I think the mantle was definitely dropped throughout the generations because my great grandparents were actually pastors. So I come from, like, a lineage of that. Um but yeah I kind of always heard of the name Jesus I just wasn't really taught in depth of like who is Jesus like what is sin all those types of things um and then I lived with my dad majority of my life up until uh 4th grade up until like my adult years so I grew up in Orange County California and on my dad's side they weren't really anything like it was really just my grandma that would go to like catholic church and like but- it was never spoken about. So God was not really a thing. Um, to me at a certain point when I was like separated from my mom's side of the family and things like that. Um, so yeah, I kind of just went on living this crazy life. I had a lot of freedom growing up. Like my dad and my mom both never really told me no ever. So I kind of ran my own life. Um, they were really young, you know, like not terrible parents at all. They were just really young and I just they were like considered the cool parents to to people you know okay Um, so I was just like you know doing my thing I went to a lot of parties and um, again my dad never told me that I couldn't so up until like I would say the beginning of maybe seventh or eighth grade um, I went to a party every single weekend it was like That's where I found my identity. It's what I found I could be good at or hide behind in terms of like alcohol and getting really drunk because I was very shy and quiet. I was actually known to be the shy and quiet girl in Jinkai High School. I just didn't speak to people, but I was always around. And um, yeah, so parties were kind of where I uh, expressed myself. I felt like I could fit in there in like popular crowds in high school. And that's where I ended up. So. Uh, Later on in life, you know, I wanted to get away from home, actually, where I lived with my dad. Um, I told myself when I'm 18, I want to move out of this place because um, just a lot of things going on in the home. And I get kind of weird telling this. I actually didn't mention this the last time, but um, like in my own home, my stepmom was actually uh, practicing black magic a lot. And... I I don't tell it uh, only because it's a very sensitive topic with like family and I don't want them to think that I'm talking, you know, bad about them, but I just knew what it was. And so
1: what did that part- look like? Like what kind of practices would she do? Just for people that I guess don't know the difference between like the quote unquote white magic and black magic.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't really know the difference much either. I think witchcraft is witchcraft. And yeah. um, like, I don't know it was just I just knew she was doing things my uh, I started noticing my dad being very different and Mm. um I grew up with him so like I knew my dad like the back of my hands but just like really weird things started happening in the home um she wasn't like the kindest person to me either and so that's why I always tell people like the I always relate to the story of Cinderella like that was really Mm. my life in certain ways and so, and it's actually crazy because I actually did have two stepsisters that lived with me and <laughs> So, but they're very, like, very sweet little girls, you know, but um, without going into too much detail, just because I want to respect and honor my dad of, you know, yeah. um, certain things, but it just, it created a lot of division in my home. A lot of havoc um, divided my mine and my dad's relationship. And um, yeah, this went on for like 10 years, I think. So I just um wanted to get away because I didn't feel like I was being um, paid attention to. I was very isolated. I never came out of my room. I was just always in that place and, um, you know, never really came out. And I just, yeah, I just really felt like swept under the rug there. So um, I wanted to leave when I was 18. I said, I'm going to leave this place. And I ended up moving in with a boyfriend of mine uh, in Seal Beach, California. And I lived there for like a year and a half, maybe two years and I just ended up getting myself in a worse situation because, you know, looking back, they didn't have any spiritual foundation either. And their family was going through a divorce. Like mom was on drugs, like sprung out on drugs. And then, um, you know, I kind of just ended up moving in with this guy. I saw an opportunity, saw him at a party. And I kind of just made this decision in my mind. Like I can, I can get him and I can move in with him. Like that's how I thought back then. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So I ended up living there, literally just from meeting some stranger at a party. And I slowly moved my stuff in and he like never told me anything. So um, (laughs) it became a relationship, but it was really built off of just like lust and, you know, running away and it wasn't genuine.
1: Looking for a good ebook on all things dating as a born again Christian? I've got you covered. Head over to the show notes to find my ebook, How to Know If He's the One, where I share the worst of my relational mistakes, how I found my husband, and how God taught me to do relationship his way. I share templates for lists I made, questions I asked, and resources I found helpful along the way.
0: He had, you know, been introduced to drugs I think even by his parents, to be honest, and like just friends. And so when I was around them, I became curious. I'm like, you know, they were talking about acid and LSD. And I said, you know, I want to try this. It sounds, you guys are making it sound fun. You guys are making it sound like it's a cool thing to do. And no one had a negative experience. And so we made the decision to all go to uh, Huntington Beach, California. And then that's where we took the acid. We actually took it before, but we were waiting for it to kick in. Got there. And I didn't really know what to expect because... I had taken um ecstasy before then with those group of friends and so I was expecting it to be like a uh, a feeling not an yeah. experience like not like visuals or anything I didn't know anything um and then yeah so we were like on the sand and this is kind of like where the hell trip starts and I remember uh just playing music and he was listening to a group called Suicide Boys which is just a very demonic group of singers and, um, I was just able to, I think I mentioned this last time I was able to feel and just really understand lyrics, like for what they truly were and for how evil they really were. And I just really felt it and it scared the crap out of me. So I took out the earphones from my ears and I was like, I don't want to listen to that. You know, I just want to go, like, I was trying to calm myself down and I can already feel something was wrong. Um, and I was kind of looking at the clouds and they were starting to move. Like I was finally starting to hallucinate, I guess you can say, or see things. And um, the clouds were just really evil. Like I would see like illusions that didn't make sense. And then I would see like dragons, which like the clouds would turn into dragons, which I know now are actually demonic as well. And so um, that freaked me out. And I continued to walk to the ocean and I was just trying to clear my head. And then I kind of saw like um, anything that I scoped out would turn completely green, almost like a film over a camera. Like if I were to cover it with something. Um, so my whole world was like a dark eerie green and then I turned around and I just wanted to go walk like any I was trying to run away from like everything like walking was going to make anything better but um, I remember anything that I passed or walked by would just completely deteriorate like it could be a a flower or like I don't even know if the flower was truly there but it could be a flower or tree and I would walk by it and it would completely die like shrivel and die And so, you know, I'm seeing all this, but I'm not saying anything. I actually didn't speak throughout the whole trip. This trip was 12 hours, but I was so traumatized and in so much terror that I couldn't speak. And so um, it was really just in my face. And I remember physically shaking like the whole time. Like, um, it's just really crazy. And so I continued to walk and we sat down at a bench and I was like, hey, I just I just want to calm down and I can. um, here in the distance like demonic things uh, mocking me and I know a lot of people think like when you're on drugs that those things are not real or like oh you're just like I mentioned I used the word hallucinating for lack of a better words but people will say oh you're just hallucinating it's not real but I think that anyone that's taking these types of drugs can confirm like these things are real the veil is just gone <laughs> like you're seeing these things directly in front of you as real as we are to each other as how real these things were to me so I was seeing like the spirits in people um Mm -hmm. without the veil and so I remember seeing these men there was like maybe four four of them with the black truck and you know, in reality, they were taking out trash bags, but to me, they were dead bodies, like, is what I was seeing, and they were just laughing at me and mocking me and pointing and and just laughing and just, yeah, just mocking spirits and, like, ha, 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 look at her, like, just knew that I was suffering, and they knew that I could see them and hear them, and, um, so, yeah, that was crazy, and then we continued to walk down to the main street, which, um, We actually went on a day where it was a farmer's market, so there was thousands of people there, maybe hundreds of people there, and um, that whole street was closed down. And while we were walking there, this whole building in front of me, which I knew very well because I went to the beach all the time, was completely engulfed in flames from like the bottom to the very top, like it was just in complete flames. And I wasn't saying anything still, so I'm just like taking it all in. No one knows anything that I'm saying. Um, and then it didn't help because my boyfriend at the time was having like the grandest time. Like he was not in the same world as me whatsoever. Wow. And um, so, but I was seeing him like while we were walking, I was looking at him and I was just seeing him morph into this little demon. Like he would shrink and get short and dark and like a deep brick red and like he would grow horns and they were like short and they look like chalk. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but like chalk and they have like, very specific they had um like cracks in them like it was just so crazy the details of everything uh, and his hands would get really long and like yeah just really creepy and like his laugh it was just really evil it was very sinister like it was just i was seeing his spirit at the time maybe i don't know but um that was really concerning because i as i came out of the trip and you know years later i was kind of wondering like why is my own boyfriend and, Uh, a demon or like what is this like why was he that and not anything else um but as we were going down this uh the farmer's market with hundreds of people there i saw everyone with like no flesh so i think the last time i explained it as like um the pirates of the caribbean with that one scene on the on the ship where they're like fighting each other the black pearl Yes, the Black Pearl, like everyone looked exactly like that, like no flesh whatsoever, and um the clothes look exactly the same, like ripped up, and they were just all like really dead. like none of them are really standing straight either. They were just kind of like dragging themselves. and I look back at this, you know, and I kind of wonder if those individuals were people that were not saved, that I was seeing in the spiritual realm that were really dead in the spirit, and <laughs> it's really sad because it was a majority like everybody really and maybe there was like one couple I saw that didn't look as bad so you know maybe they, they were like the only couple that was saved there but um yeah it just it was um it was a lot to take in I remember stores that I knew very well too looked more like horror movies and I feel like I could hear like chains swinging in stores and there was like dead fish and mind you I'm by the beach so it was kind of like going with the theme of everything but I saw like you know like dead fish like everything was just death around me and um I remember just my friends kept trying to make me walk like hey Gabby let's continue to walk like it's okay you know like we got this I had one sober friend who I actually still talk to this very day so I kind of get insight from her sometimes but she was sober and she was just helping me through the process but I would stop them every once in a while because when they were dragging me I felt like um they were dragging me into a deeper part of hell. Like, I just didn't trust anything or anybody. Like, I couldn't tell what was real anymore or what was, like, fake anymore. I was just gone. And, but, like, my mind was still trying to grasp everything, like, my consciousness, you know. Like, okay, this is real. This is not real. Wait, is it real, though? Because I'm seeing this and that's not that. And so it was just really confusing. Um, and they said that I did that for a long time. Like, they would drag me so far and then I would stop there. And then I would just, like, trip at everything for, like, a really long time. And then they would get me to walk again. And I remember there was this one time where she was trying to feed me. She was like, let's go get some tacos. You know, it's going to be fine. And this is still on the farmer's market. So I'm still surrounded by lights and food and people and everything. And um, I immediately started to feel like I was suffocating. Um, Like I felt like, I don't know if you've ever been to Disneyland in the haunted mansion in the elevator. Well, when the... You know, it starts to go up but you feel like you're going down and you can't you can't tell like what's actually happening. Okay. Um, That happened to me, but like in real life. So like Mm -hmm. I felt like my I saw my world going up or I was going down. Like I was just sinking and I would start to feel super dehydrated. And I was like screaming for water, like begging for water. And I said, uh, you know, just like give me water, give me water, like hurry or hurry up, or else I I literally thought I was gonna die. Like I would have like I don't know how to explain it. I just really needed water. And so they gave it to me and I chugged it. And when I chugged the water, I came back to like just level ground. Right. And then it kind of kept happening. So I had to keep drinking water. And I look back at that too. And I just think of like, you know, in hell, there is no living water. Like there is no, uh, like people are going to crave that all the, for eternity. They're going to crave what Jesus always tried to give them. And that I, I just kind of felt that. And I was, I was going through a lot of torment within the trip, too, because I always thought that things were coming after me, but they never were. Um, like, I, I thought a car was coming from another side of the like, a crossroad, and I thought it was trying to kill me. And I, and I saw it, and I felt the fear of a car coming to run me over, but nothing happened. And then it would, like, be gone. Yeah, so it like was it's
1: just like joy and, like, fear and, like, yeah. the restlessness of hell.
0: Yes, literally. Like it was just one thing after another. Like you can't even grasp like anything. It's just happening constantly. And right. and then not even that, but being thirsty and being like everything, you know, and just never getting yeah, any type of rest because if you close if I tried to close my eyes, you're still gonna see everything. So I there was like no escape from what I was seeing. Like closing mm-hmm. my eyes was probably more scarier than having them open. And so, um, yeah, eventually they got me into the car and I was just terrified of every noise, every anything. Um, I remember my ex had a dog at the time and he just looked like a complete beast. Like I was so terrified of this dog. And um yeah, I, you know, finally we got into the house and I had actually two sober friends there that were in the bathroom with me. And I remember that I couldn't actually speak like it was so hard and even if I wanted to they were trying to ask me questions and they were like hey Gabby are you okay like what'd you see like what the heck is going on because at this point it's been hours like I can't even imagine what they were seeing at that point uh, looking at me but um I was trying to speak and it felt like something was holding my mouth completely shut like it was a workout to try to open my mouth and I think I mean, I know there's, like, mute spirits, right, and deaf spirits, and I know the enemy tries to keep our mouth closed for a lot of things, but, like, my voice was just trying to be, like, taken away from me. I almost think of, like, the Little Mermaid in a way where, you know, the, uh, the witch or the enemy steals her voice, doesn't want her to speak and do all these things. Okay. So that's kind of, like, how it was for me. Like, it was such a workout, and it was, like, and like, you had to pry my mouth open to get words out. So I was able to tell them, like, I went to hell, but that's all I could say. And then my mouth was, like, shut again. Like, it was crazy. Um, and so I was starting to to come back down, like, into, like, out of this spiritual world, you know, 12 hours later. And I was laying next to my boyfriend, and I couldn't talk. And I was just texting him. Like, he was next to me. And I was like, that was the worst thing ever. Um, like, show him. He would, like, tie back to me, right? But um, after that, I just, like... I mean, I didn't really talk about it. I actually never saw those people again. Like, life was just, like, I think after that experience, maybe people were just really freaked out. I don't really know. I never talked to them again, like certain people. But it was kind of just, okay, like, that's it. Like, summer's over at this point. Like, we're just not going to. Um, so I just went through a lot of uh, PTSD. But to me, in spiritual terms, is demonic torment like crazy. I continue to go through that torment for a year and a half almost two years and um were you still with at that point yes still with him because this was going to be this was in the beginning of our relationship so like you know it was he saw me go through these like panic attacks in the middle of my sleep like waking up almost look like I'm waking up from the dead just like a movie and Mm -hmm. like hyperventilating and telling him like I'm gonna die I'm gonna die like I'm dying like that's all I could that's all I could say. There was no other way to explain my panic attacks or my anxiety.
1: Look, Bumble knows
0: you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say
1: other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Quick announcement here. If you're enjoying this episode, please help us expand our reach by liking, subscribing, leaving a review, or sharing it with a friend. And now back to the
0: episode. The crazy thing is the thing that started it, I knew it was the the drugs, but the thought or the torment that started it was actually the fear of death. And um, it was constantly like, I would always think about death, not because I wanted to die, but I would always just think about like, well, where am I, like, what happens when you die? Or like, am I going to know that I'm dead? Or is it going to be, I would just go in loops. And like, I would feel myself falling into these thoughts. And before it was too late, I would end up with, like in a complete, full blown out panic attack. And so it was always that cycle. um And then later, when I was saved, I just thought it was so crazy because I didn't know fear of death was like a normal, well, not normal, but a lot of people have the fear of death because they don't Christ. I didn't know that. So, like, I was reading the Bible, um you know, one of the days, and I remember God saying how He freed us from the fear of death. And I was yeah. just like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, that's so crazy. Yeah, it's
1: like that's now awesome. that even like as a Christian, you can't really relate to that anymore. Like I do know people who still have that fear. And I yeah. tell them you know, when, you, when you know where you're going afterwards, it's like you don't have that fear. course, it's a little unknown, you know, yeah. but peace and man, Gabby, like that's that's so crazy. Okay. Just that overall experience, um, how long that lasted and just how real it was. I think you said a really important thing too, if people will say like, oh, well, you were just on drugs, like this was a, hallucinate, like a hallucinogenic experience. But no, like these psychedelic drugs, they really do like rip the veil. They, they rip the veil and you can see exactly like, yeah, there's the physical component of the drugs, but there's the very real spiritual component of what you're seeing and experiencing. So I'm curious now, like being on the other side of that, I think you mentioned this last time. So I want to ask you about it. Um, Why do you think God showed you what he showed you in that?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there could be multiple things. Like later on um, when I was saved, I would have like pastors and random people come up to me and ask me if I was a prophet and a seer. And I had no idea what those things were. And I was, I don't, I don't know what that is. Like, um, but. (laughs) They would always ask me. And then finally, I remember I got called up um, in front of a church one day and this man prophesied over me that I had like the ability to see in the spirit and he called it like the seer anointing, right? And so I was just like, okay, I mean, that makes a lot of sense if I've always had that. I've always remembered too, when I was a child, I would always see um, like with my naked eye spiritual things as a kid. Like being five years old and seeing I remember seeing death, like the green reaper. I remember seeing it like clear as day in one of my homes. And um my grandma said she was like, You would always come to me and telling me that you used to see things. So I don't necessarily I think one, because of the gift that God has given me was already there. And like that just kind of perverted it right through the trip. And then maybe also just showing me, yeah, like this this is real maybe to warn people like I didn't even experience hell to like the first degree, you know? Mm-hmm. So I can't even imagine hell at, at its fullest mm-hmm. or even at the second degree, like I'm good. Like that was enough for me, you know? So, and then, yeah, just realizing like, Hey, this, the, the torment is real. Demons are real and the, the confusion that people have or like the, the spiritual death that they feel is real and that, you know, people are thirsty for something greater and they don't even know what that is and they're going to thirst forever until they have living water who is Jesus. And like, I think about this because looking back, I always tell my friends and I try to be as real as possible. I'm like, I would have never thought that I would be speaking like this or telling you these things because I was the person that didn't care. Like I'm living my life. I'm doing the drugs. I'm, you know, fornicating all these things. Like no one you know cursing I was terrible like my mouth was so ugly and I think it's just yeah I think it's just to warn people and obviously to show people that God is real um uh, coming into that later but how he encountered me but and also just showing me you know maybe trying to open my eyes as to where I was gonna go mm-hmm. you know be, which I, yeah and I hope my boyfriend not you know like and bless his heart, you know, like this separating him from the spirit is like who I was, you know, dancing with the devil at the time and like getting with these people that needed Jesus just as much as I did. And I remember him always telling me that the Bible wasn't real and like it was written by me and all these things. And it started to get in my head. I started to believe at a certain and just like tell my mom and family that the Bible wasn't real. And, um, so yeah, I think it's just spiritual warfare at hand, but, um, yeah, hopefully people can just understand that that place is a hundred percent real, but there is a way out, and that they don't have to be trapped in a fear of death. And that Jesus says he will—he will literally free you from the fear of death. And I didn't know that. I knew that after I got saved.
1: So thank you for answering that. I think that's—I think that's a great answer. And then like this kind of this leads us into the next part of like you're going through because obviously this was just a crazy experience. So now you're going through all this PTSD slash um, demonic torment um, living like this for so long. The fear of death, panic attacks, living with this boyfriend. So tell us like the next part of how you finally encountered God and what that was like.
0: Yeah. So just another day you know, like any other day, me getting up and just dreading, honestly, the day, dreading the day. And, um, I just wanted to find peace. And, um, I just decided I'm going to go in the shower. You know, everyone likes to run away to the shower when they just want to get away from things or people. And so that's what I did. And I put on some like slow music, I don't know, meditation music, whatever I could find. I could just soothe me. Um, and I, I put it on and I got in the shower and I closed my and i was just trying to focus on peace like that was my main focus was peace and um eventually i just started to notice my breathing was getting really really heavy but i didn't open my eyes for whatever reason like my head was like all the way back like i was just like anatomical position right just like standing like this my head all the way back and i was just breathing really hard and i was like that's weird like i'm aware of what's happening to my body right now but i don't know why that's happening um and then I started to notice while my eyes were closed, like a super bright light coming towards me in the spiritual. I was having a supernatural experience and the closer it got, like the harder my breathing got, right? The crazier my breathing got. And I think it's just because the the glory uh, is too much for our, like mortal, our bodies to handle. And so, um, yeah, and I started to see, Maybe just like my spiritual body was like spinning and spinning and spinning in, in this light. And then I got to like a, a very high peak and I just saw like huge wings come out of my body. And then I heard God actually call me out by my name. Um, and then in, in that moment, I it kind of like took me out of the experience, you know, opened my eyes and I'm like, I I just heard my name. Like I I know I heard that. And um yeah, I, I kinda came out of it and I was just standing there and I I knew I knew it was Jesus because that was the first thing that came to my mind, especially hearing his voice. I was like, I mean, come <laughs> on, me you know, and like, um, yeah. Again, I was I was not like seeking God. I was not seeking like Jesus, and he was not in my mind ever. But I was seeking peace, and he says that he is the Prince of Peace. Like that is who he is, and so ultimately, I kind of was seeking him. I did not know it,
1: yeah. and
0: um. Yeah, in that moment, I was, like, touching my body like a movie. I'm like, where is my anxiety? Like, where is my depression? Like, where is my everything? And I just think of that scripture, like, death, like, where is your stink? Like, that is how I felt. And I was, like, laughing and smiling for the first time, like, genuinely, Mm -hmm. uh, like, in the shower by myself, just, like, feeling like I was kind of crazy, to be honest. But I was just like, wow, this is insane. I was like, what am I going to tell, like, my boyfriend when I get out of the shower right now? what do
1: I do? what just happened
0: yeah like I feel so like okay I went through this other supernatural thing you probably already thinks I'm crazy for that and now I gotta talk about this like I don't know so I got out and I was just so happy I was I was I just felt brand new honestly and I remember texting my grandma I met Jesus I met Jesus in the shower I actually texted like an old friend like that I hadn't talked to in years that I met Jesus and she was like what like and then I was like oh wait I, I gotta be careful because not everyone knows like who Jesus is or even believed. So um, yeah, that's ever since then. I've never, ever since that day, my anxiety, like my demonic torment, everything was gone. I hadn't, I have never experienced it ever again. That's
1: amazing. So now you're like, okay, God is real and you, you truthfully like wanted to pursue God. So now you start seeking. Like- yeah. truth and answers but tell us how this kind of led you into the new age before you were I guess maybe like more educated on who Jesus was
0: just lack of discipleship and like I remember coming out of the experience and just kind of hearing the word like spiritual awakening not knowing that that meant like okay you're gonna meet your you just met your creator and like it's Jesus Christ and this is what you need to pursue but yeah I went to Google instead of like a church or like something you know and I was like "What is spiritual awakening and then yeah Google took me down the road of um the new age and mm-hmm. so in my ignorance like I really genuinely thought that that was it because of my experience and what I heard and in Google and like yeah it's not what Google says it's what the word says but I didn't go to the word okay i went to Google so uh yeah I kind of went down that path and it was for a while I don't really remember the dates but they get mixed up a lot but um it was I think I was in new age for a while I want to say like four to six months maybe and you know I would always go to um, new age stores and I get my chakras read and talk to these people about their own spiritual awakenings and just like the deception was so high because you know like the things they would tell me and the things I started to kind of like mix my faith with I guess and um But then, yeah, over time, just crazy, I started to deny Jesus. Like, I was like Peter. I had, like, a Peter experience because um, as I was digging deeper, I was just kind of like, okay, well, maybe that wasn't Jesus then. Like, I'm confused. I was just really confused at that point. I'm like, maybe that wasn't Jesus then. Maybe it was, like, something else because I was thinking about, like, all these light beings and, like, weird stuff in the New Age. Sounds I know like-
1: exactly what you mean because I kind of had a similar thing when I was 18. I encountered God like in the pool. It was after I was like facing these criminal charges and I was like terrified. And- oh
0: my gosh. I-
1: yeah. And so I cried That's out to crazy. God and I remember him to, like telling me like, let me help you. And I knew I encountered Jesus, started going to church after that, but I wasn't like educated. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know any of those things. So I went into the new age after that as well. And I was like, yeah. you know, Maybe God isn't Jesus, but like God definitely talked to me. But maybe like I think, it's huh?
0: Like, what is it?
1: Yeah. Like, yes, like the danger is when you believe, like, you believe in God, but you don't believe that Jesus is yeah. God and Jesus is the only way to the Father. Um, cause that's kind of what led my spiral into the new age as well. Very, very similar
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy because I think, um, It's just like a lot of pride is built there. You know, I think I mentioned this last time as well, where like the new age teaches to kill your ego and to do all these works to kill your ego, but you're literally building it the entire time through believing that you are the one doing all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, Like how can you not have ego when you're the one depending on yourself? It just doesn't make any sense. Like it's such a twisted philosophy and God tells us to stay away from human philosophies as well in the word. And so, um, yeah, I remember my grandma, the one that I messaged saying that I met Jesus. I remember her, you know, obviously seeing that I'm going down the wrong path. And she would try to remind me of Jesus. And I would get so angry. Like, for what though? You know, I would get so mad. <laughs> yeah. I would get so mad. And she would be like, I'd be like, why do you get so like, you know, why do you get so, I will always remember this because it convicted me. I'm like, I don't know why I get like that actually. But she was like, why do you get so frustrated? Like, what, what would be the the downfall of you believing in Jesus and going to heaven? Like, what's the worst that can happen? And, like, she said that, and I was kind of just like, I never said anything, actually. But that's always stuck with me, because it's like, why was I so angry? Like, you don't even know why you're frustrated by the name. But, it, like, you said it's because of the demons that are you've partnered with unknowingly. You've partnered with them, you know?
1: I used to go into panic attacks when people would say the name of Jesus, I would full blown, like have this, like, I thought it was like trauma. It was like, I just had so much like church hurt, but like, I don't know. Looking back, I know it was just the demons manifesting in me because they didn't like. That's so crazy. Yeah. So I don't
0: know, just at that point I was, you know, always going to these stores and like I said, going into, you know, I I, going into the new age stores, but I noticed that one particular, or that this woman that I mentioned to you about was just kind of like she was manifesting (laughs) she was manifesting like crazy and because I was already encountered like I believe I already had like Jesus with me and like the Holy Spirit but like I didn't know that for me and um like God's hand was definitely on me so me being a mixture they can also see that the light and I remember just complimenting you know women in these stores but they would be super rude and like uh, they would be really sarcastic to me. Like I told this one girl that I really liked her eyelashes and she like went like this in my face, like really mean, like good for you type of thing, right? And I was just like, oh, like, wow, that's really crazy. Like I just never experienced like stuff like that. You know, like I didn't know people were mean like that. So, so you
1: um, think you're in an environment of quote unquote light and love. So that's very surprising to yeah. experience that. You're like, oh, this is actually not what
0: they say it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I was so confused. Like confusion to the, yeah 10th power for real because I was just like okay I, I thought we were all supposed to like be nice to each other and yeah like you were saying like this was a space where I thought like everyone just like accepted one another and that's not what I was experiencing so yeah I went to the cash register and I was just talking to her like I, I was just so conversive at that point and um she was so fidgety like she was trying to just like just moving around so much at the cash register and like just trying to grab things and honestly, just doing a bunch of nothing. I was just like, what's happening here, you know? And I was like, are you okay? I'm kind of just like looking at her up and down. She's like, yeah, I'm fine. I know it's just busy here, which literally I was the only person talking to her. So it was not busy. Yeah. And so yeah, I leave. And then I email her because I was genuinely concerned. That's how terrible, like that's how bad it was with her like, fidgety stuff. And I'm like, hey, I just want to make sure that you're actually okay. Because yeah, whatever. I'm that girl that just left and was talking to you. She was like, "Yeah, I'm fine. You know, I just I could just see like." She just started to speak her divination stuff over me. You know what she could see about me, whatever. But then later, um, I went to a a crusade, which was just like a big event, like a probably like a revivalist event. Um, Greg Laurie, do you know Greg Laurie?
1: I don't know.
0: Okay, he was actually. Um, I think he did the movie about like with like the hippies and stuff.
1: Oh, the um, Jesus Revolution.
0: Yeah, he has something to do with the Jesus Revolution.
1: Okay, that yeah. was a good movie. If we're thinking of the same one, I loved that movie.
0: Yeah, Greg Laurie. He was he was the person that like hosts these events. Okay. So I had went to that, which is also crazy because I think he came out of like the New Age and hippie movement. Yes. So um, so I was a part of like his. His movement now that had to do with Jesus in Orange, California. <laughs> so, my friend invited me, and the whole time I was like, I don't want to go, but I still went. Uh, obviously, God willing, like, God made me go because, like, the whole time I was going there, I'm over here talking to like demons, you know, but I was talking to them what I thought were my spirit guides, and I was talking to them, like, I really don't want to go here. Like, this stuff is fake, anyways, and like, legit having like these conversations with these things. And, um, I would be, I literally, I think I prayed to like this spirit guy before I got out to go to the crusade. Like I was just so like ignorant and prideful. I did not care to come, but I still went and I sat through the whole thing completely spiritually deaf to the things of God. I don't remember an ounce of the sermon or anybody that spoke like at all. I think I was just sitting there just to maybe please like my friend and just, yeah, I'm just here to support you. And thanks for inviting me type of thing. Yeah. But um, at the end, he was like, you know, just come on, just come get a Bible. Like, he knew what I was probably going through, and he didn't have to say anything. He was just, like, nodding, like, let's go. Like, you need this, you know. And I was like, okay. So, again, just to make him happy, and I I got the Bible. I went home and just skimming through it. And I opened it to Revelation, where God is uh, rebuking the churches. And I don't remember the exact scripture, I need to write it down, but he's just talking about, you know, that, that woman Jezebel, like he's rebuking the churches for tolerating this woman Jezebel and, um, yeah, talking about basically her destruction and like the things that she caused people to do. And right when I read that woman Jezebel, I just saw that woman from the new age store in my mind. Like I just knew he just brought everything like full circle to me for some reason like just the way he did it. And um, in that moment, I was actually on my bed and I looked up like really slow and I was looking at all of the deception on my walls. I was looking at like the tarot card printings I had on my walls or like, I had a lot of I am affirmations on my walls and like talking about magic and just a lot of stuff. And I just saw it like completely for what it was in that instant, just through one scripture. And I had like a complete, you know, a different kind of, not a panic attack, but I was just like hyperventilating. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I was just freaking out. I was like, I can't believe this right now. I was also just very disappointed in myself. Like, I was so mad at the devil. That's what I was. I was so mad at the devil. And I was like, I can't believe that he actually got me. Like, I'm so frustrated. And so I got up and I was like ripping down the things from my walls and crying and saying sorry to God all at one time. And then I finished everything. It kind of reminds me of, um, you know, Mean Girls when she's like so angry and writing the
1: burn book. Yes, yes. (laughs) I remember this 100% because I came home on a vengeance after seeing a demon and realizing it's like it's crazy when God just like removes the veil and like you see the truth. And like I'm looking at my apartment full of all these like crystals, tarot cards, psychic books, Mm -hmm. like Hegon statues and goddess, like you know, all this demonic stuff, and I came home livid. I got out my trash bag, like I was going to war, just throwing things in there, like not messing around, taking it to the dumpster. Like, I know what you mean because I had that same like feeling of oh my gosh, I was deceived, and like you're in my your home,
0: right? And then yeah. you feel like just really, like just really ashamed, knowing that God was watching you. I think I felt a lot of shame. I just. I was like god I kind of knew though like I kind of knew you know like I don't know like it was just weird and just the confusion aspects of feeling a lot of guilt and shame I stayed in bed for like a week I remember my dad <laughs> coming in the room and he was like are you feeling okay and I'm just like yeah I didn't talk to my dad about like anything like I lived my own life you know so it was just kind of like yeah I'm fine um but yeah and then after I got out of my emotions and I was like okay well, time to go all in with with Jesus like no more adding any of this like I don't need any of that like I just mm-hmm. need to go to church so over time my journey because I really went through this alone for a long time like I wasn't telling my dad or anything or just, you know my mom this is like all kind of like a thing um So I felt really alone, like, it was just super lonely, but I actually really enjoyed it later when I was finally able to, like, feel God and know God and hear God. I was fine with that. I just wanted to be in my room and just be with God. Um, But yeah, I had a lot of supernatural experiences with God after that. Um, Just Him pruning me and, and, you know, refining me because within all of this, my my spiritual journey, I was still living my life, you know, I was still pursuing entrepreneurship and like, you know, friendships, relationships, but none of them that were under the grace of God whatsoever. So that all came crashing down. And um I was actually in network marketing for probably that whole time that I um had like met God, like towards the end, or when I had left my boyfriend, moved back, and then got to New Age. I was pretty much in network marketing the whole time I was in New Age. And so um my manifesting kind of actually led me there, though. So when I look back, I'm like, it makes sense that that's not what where God wanted me, you know. And um, I just got myself in a lot of weird situations being there, and um, eventually God told me to leave. Like I was in my car one day, and it's just insane because I didn't really have a relationship, but I still heard Him, and I just still obeyed, and I still I was just still willing. And there was just a a time period within this business where I just started to not want to do it anymore, but not out of like, oh, I'm not ambitious or like, I just wanted to be with God, but I didn't at the same time. I was having this, like my flesh and my spirit were battling each other. Like, no, if you quit this business, you're going to be like a quitter, you know, or you're going to be like, you're not going to have purpose anymore. Like you're not going to have anything if you leave this. And um, but then I would always feel God pulling me like I just wanted to worship. Like if I was out, out building my business, I would end up in my car worshiping. And um, I had no idea why. Or I would be at like my nine to five and I would start um, leaving all the time to go to the bathroom. But I wasn't going to the bathroom. I was just worshiping Jesus in the stalls. Like, on my knees in the stalls. And so it was so weird. Like, I couldn't handle it. And I was like, I have to, like, it, I was, I was kind of angry with God. I was like, God, you're interfering with my business. You're interfering with my work. You're interfering with, like, everything. Like, I can't do that. I can't just go to the bathroom stall during my work hours to worship you, right? And so um, one day in my car, I was, while I was arguing with God and having this conversation with God, I was like, stop. Like, just stop. Like, leave me alone, basically. Um, I just heard him say, if you were willing to give it all up for a business, are you willing to give it all up for me? And I remember in that moment, I was kind of, I was crying my eyeballs out. But like, right when he said that, I just stopped crying because I was so convicted about the question. I'm like, this man really just asked me the hardest question ever. And he didn't like, you know answer me like I told him to leave me alone and he asked me a question you know but it was like so graceful it wasn't like rude it was just like a very convicting question yeah and so in that moment I just knew that I had to leave everything and mind you like I felt so crazy like I had no one to talk to about these things I'm like am I really hearing God right now like am I going insane like I don't have anyone to talk to about these things. Like, I'm just going through the supernatural experiences all the time. And, um but I did, I ended up leaving that business. I quit my job. So I had zero income and um, it was all in for six months with God in my room in like any event, any Bible study, any everything. And uh, I became a part of like a small home church group, uh, people from like high school and, God sent me like a, a spiritual father, like a teacher, because my dad wasn't really like he was around, but not super present, you know. And yeah. so he sent me someone to father me and teach me about just what it means to be. I don't know how to explain it, just just to know God and how to carry myself and things like that. So um, I'm curious,
1: really quick, do you think there was anything objectively like? against god in the network marketing business that you were in or the nine to five that you were working or do you think like
0: i think so so my husband and i were just talking about this the other day because mlms are seen like a lot of people call them cults right and Mm -hmm. i yeah so the thing is i don't believe they're all cults but i do think some of them just like anything just like churches can fall under cultish leadership I think it could be the same with any other organization or any other industry. And I think the specific company that I was a part of did really fall under just like a lot of, um, they did fall under that spirit, um, like just a lot of, a lot of work, I think. And they didn't let us have like outside connection with people, um, Yeah, they would really condemn individuals that left. And and that was the biggest reason why I believe God told me to leave was because right when I left in that first week, he started exposing things right away. Um, Like he exposed my idolatry. I was in so much idolatry uh, with this company, like worshiping leaders, uh, worshiping an organization and really believing that I would have absolutely no purpose or no reason to live if I left this place. And, and he showed me like that your purpose doesn't come from an organization or a place or these people, like you're going to live if you don't have these people, you know, like they're not the ones giving you access to resources and, and money and like all these things. And so, um, yeah, that was really hard. I remember even till this day, the hardest I've ever grieved in my life. And I think it's because Idolatry to me, that's like a pretty bold statement, but this is kind of like what I felt like I heard when I was talking to God about this. Like coming out of idolatry feels like you just heard about the death of a family member. Like it's the same grief. Like it's very strong to be under a spirit of idolatry.
1: Do you think it's because like your whole like identity is shaped into that? Like who you know yourself to be?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's what it all is because those were the very first things God did for me. It was one, you'll be okay, be obedient. Two, like, expose your deceptions and your idolatry. And then three, reveal your identity. And that was literally what I had to go through. Those, like, that was my pruning for a while. And those six months, that's what it was all about. Mm
1: -hmm. And so,
0: um, yeah, I actually always wore uh, not this necklace, but I had another necklace on during that whole like two years or in that time. I don't know the, the that time frame of being in business. Um, I had a necklace that said "dreamer" on it, and I never took it off. Like I identified with being an entrepreneur, with being a dreamer, and all those. And I remember like I was getting ready to get in the shower. I don't know what's up with these shower things, but I was ready to get go in the shower, and it broke. And I was so devastated. Like, I just remember, and I knew that it was God, because I had already left, and I knew God was working in my life. And I was just, he was stripping me of everything. Yeah. I like, of everything that I thought that I was and was attached to. And um, yeah, the necklace broke. And instantly, I heard him say, you're not a dreamer. You're my daughter, and you get to dream. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and it was like instant, you know? And I remember hearing, and I just, everything was so like profound to me, like. That he would say, you know, and I was was like, how do you come up with those things? You know, like, how do you say these things? Or like, so yeah, ever since that day, I'll always remember that because that was when God really revealed to me, like, this is who you are and everything will be built off of you being mine. And that is when I really, really like went all in with God at that point, because once he got the identity straight, it was like, now I can. Now that my deceptions are out of the way and now that you know all of this stuff is out of the way I can fully focus on this truth because if I'm believing a lie I can't accept the truth that I talking the slowest surrender ever but you know it it happened and um yeah six months later I actually well because God told me to give me something else six months later and so at the end of my six months I was sitting there in my room and I'm like okay God like I did it you know so immediately I was not perfect throughout that time by the way I was I got really rebellious like towards the end of the two months, like the end of the two months because I was just like getting bored, you know? And I was like, oh, this is like hard, just like waiting on the Lord, literally. What am I doing? Like, I'm not doing any work, any business. Like, I'm just in my room with God all day, every day, literally. And um, I was like, I'm bored now. So, you know, rebelling, but God has grace. And my six months was up and I was on Instagram. I didn't have Instagram for, like, two years, by the way. I was off of social media, and I had just went on that day, and I was scrolling, and I saw um, someone post about another business opportunity, and I kind of skipped through it because I was so nervous now to be deceived again. Like, I just didn't want to fall under anything again. I was so nervous. It was my first time, like, walking with the Holy Spirit in this life, and um, I was like, well, I know you said you would bring me back something in six months, and, like, I don't know. I, I'm going to skip this, though. But for some reason, I just kept hearing, like, go back, go back, go back. So I went back, and I reached out to this guy, and I'm like, hey, is this still, like, a thing? You know, can I get started with this? And he was like, yeah. Well, fast forward, that man ended up being my husband. And um, <laughs> we got married, and we, you know, did business together, and we're uh, here, so.
1: Wait a second. Okay, so... God told you when you were leaving the the MLM you're part of, like I have something for you. You just felt in your spirit, he's like, in six months I have something else for you. Just like yeah. be be patient, wait on me. And then at the end of the six months, okay, so yes, you got the business, but God gave you a husband, which I would say is like even greater, yeah. you know, even greater than yeah. the business. Wow, that's so amazing.
0: Yeah, so we we met in like L.A. He came down and like we just kind of knew like it wasn't anything lustful or anything like that. It was just I kind of know you like it's interesting, and also I was so tuned in to like my life and and God. I just knew that this was like a redo. Like God restarted my time. Mm-hmm.
1: This episode is brought to you by Raised and Redeemed merch. We all love a good crew neck, high cap sock, and oversized t-shirt, am I right? Head over to the show notes from wherever you're listening to order yours and support the show today.
0: Yeah, I knew God had a sense of humor as well, because my mind, I always told God, like, I'm going to marry a white guy. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. Right? <laughs> right. Right. <And>, um, <laughs> because that's all I've ever dated, right, I've only ever dated white white guys, and um I was like, yeah, but, like, that's what it's going to be, right, and then I remember meeting Nigel, and I just was, like, kind of laughing at myself and at God, because I just knew God had a sense of humor, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I guess, you know, like, that's what it's going to be, like, for, but I don't know, like, my husband's half black, half white, so, yeah. Um, yeah and just little stuff like that our birthdays were like two days apart or our moms loved the same exact music our moms were both singers like we were both singers like it was just super weird obvious things that Mm -hmm. only god could have just yeah it was like winks here and there and it just made a lot of sense
1: what i love about that too is like you said like that initial attraction wasn't like maybe what you were used to of like the lustful high of like, my gosh, like, I have to have this person. Because it was the same thing with my husband, because I had finally come to the Lord before meeting my husband. So I was like looking for different things. Like, I'm no longer looking for the things that are just oh so exciting and like make my flesh feel kinds of ways. I was looking for who can lead our family and who would be a good life partner, who would be loyal, like, all these different things. And um, but that was hard for me too, because then when we did get married, I still was coming from the promiscuous past and like having that flesh be gratified all the time and what it wanted. Um, so I'm curious if you kind of had a similar experience. Like he was not your typical type. It wasn't this wasn't like a flesh lusty connection. How did God redeem your desires? I guess I would say.
0: Yeah, this video went viral on TikTok. I think because Number one is about sex, so of course it's gonna go viral. But number yes. two, because of the the kingdom way that I was trying to explain it that most of the world wouldn't understand. And so of course I got judged for it, but I'm like, really? whatever, you know, there are thousands to hundreds of women that go through this same exact thing. Because if you go to the video, there are so many women that are like, Oh my gosh, I would never have thought that people felt this way. Or like I didn't know that this was the reason why I feel this way. And so most of them were believers and some weren't. But yeah, just, um I would say through he redeemed it through just perspective over time. And mm-hmm. gratefully, my husband is very understanding. Like he's not a judgmental person where I'm gonna tell him something and I'm gonna be put down for it. Like he's he's very understanding and he'll mm-hmm. be like, No, that makes a lot of sense. And he has a lot of grace. And he would even give me perspective about my past. So it was just very helpful. And, um, I don't, yeah, I don't feel like judged by him at all. So I think God definitely blessed me with that. I went to this, um, church. It was a marriage counseling thing for like a group. It wasn't just him and I, it was a group collective thing. And they were talking about, yeah, they were talking about sex. I don't really remember it too well now. It was like really fresh when I first remember, but first learned about it. But, um, yeah, they were just basically talking about like the consequences of sex before marriage. And mm-hmm. I was always told by like my grandma not to have sex before marriage, but I was never told why, like why. Yeah. But I think God used my experiences and this is what I was trying to tell people on TikTok is why. Like this is why you don't have sex before marriage because of what I am going through and because of what my mind battles with all the time because of now you have soul ties and now you have comparison issues and now you're thinking about you know, experiences you had with other people that you should have never had in the first place. So, you know, if if that was never a thing, like if I only met my husband and only had sex with my husband, that I wouldn't have anything else. Like my flesh wouldn't have anything else to think about or anybody mm-hmm. to compare to. Like that just wouldn't be a thing. So this, yeah. so this is why. Now we have to face the consequences in our marriage. And it's not like they're going to be there forever, but it's just like, being real, you know, and I don't think people are used to that. So like me speaking my mind of things that I know people think about deep down, but they're too scared to speak about out loud is like, I know that that's why I got a lot of backlash for it. But
1: yeah, um, I loved that you put I it think, out. there yeah. because It's something that I have definitely gone through. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, finally, somebody put words to this experience that i to go through. And I feel like it's like a daily picking up of your cross, not go down that train of thought of the comparison or of what you remember from the past or, you know, all the lusty highs and situations. God says to focus on what is pure and holy and righteous. And so like, yes, we have to deal with the consequences of the fact that like we have those memories but then figuring out how to, A, carry your, your own cross now because of it. And then B, like, I love that you, you can share about that with your husband, too. And just, like, continue to expose those things so that they don't grow bigger in the darkness.
0: I, mean, I think a lot of women struggle with it because they beat themselves up. You know, oh, my gosh, I feel so ashamed because I'm, I'm having these struggles. Or why can't I enjoy it? Or what, what is it, you know? And what it is is the consequences of our sin. It has nothing to do with, like, you being a terrible person or you, like, you know. It's, it's not personal, but it's personal. It comes to our confidence. So yeah. I think, yeah, now it's definitely gotten better. Now now understanding as a, you know, woman of God, I'm able to cast down those imaginations because we're told to. I think when we're, when we're in the world, we don't know how to do those things. It's like we'll mm-hmm. think about something, and we're just, like, thinking, and thinking about them and thinking about them, and we let it take over, yes. but now that we're believers, God's help you have to cast down these things that exalt themselves against you know or over my word against my word so now I'm more aware like oh okay like that's just not truly me though like it's it's the old me and it's not so oh that was my struggle and that's kind of coming back to me because I would feel like me having sex with my husband was a bad thing because I remember like having sex in my past so I was like well, sex is kind of just, like, not my thing anymore, you know, because, like, mm-hmm. I just remember, it. like, I just, I feel like I'm the old me if I start having sex again, but, like, <laughs> that's not true, like, because sex is, you know, from God, and, like, it's, yeah, so I was battling that, and God had to really, like, Gabby, like, sex is from me, like, I made sex, and, you know, Satan perverted it, and you you dabbled in it and you did things before i had designed it to happen and so now you're going through these things so it was a lot and it's hard to put into words so that was what i was trying to explain to people and you know they turned it into oh you're not attracted to your husband oh like which is completely not true it was just it's an internal spiritual battle that i had i had to face
1: and all those negative comments like aren't those like the voices of demons that those same demonic voices that already yeah. like plague our own minds. Like when we when we have those thoughts, I know for me when I have those thoughts, those are the voices I hear in my head. If the demons saying, "Oh, you're yeah. just always meant for the streets," or like, "You don't deserve him." Like I ha- I hear those same things. That's like literally the voice of demons trying to discourage you, trying to make you forget that God has redeemed you, trying to make you think right. that you're your exactly. right. sins were
0: yeah. I think I literally just read that today. It's like, this. it's why it's important to know our word, because then we can combat those things with the word. And that's all we need. Like, we don't need our reasoning. We don't need our explanation. We just need the word of God. So, you know, reminding ourselves like, hey, well, God said that he justified us through the death of his son. So I'm justified and brand new. So I don't have to worry about anything that you're saying, right?
1: I have that thought too, like, am I ever going to be delivered from this? Like, am I ever going to be delivered from like the thoughts of my past, the desires of my past? And I do believe over time, I am being delivered from those things. Like over time, it gets better. It gets easier.
0: Yeah, I think it does get easier. I think it's also just, I think it's work as well. Like I said, like just casting down the imaginations. Like there have been times where it's truly gotten to me where like, you know, we would be intimate and My mind would start going elsewhere, but I wouldn't want it to go elsewhere. And I would try to, like, talk to myself and be like, I don't want to think about that. Like, I don't care about that person. I don't care about that. I don't care about anything. Like, I just want to focus on this moment with my husband. So that's how I know that I know that I know that it's not me that truly wants to think about those things.
1: Wow. And so,
0: and then I would start crying, like, in the moment. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, I just can't because I'm so irritated that I'm, like, thinking about this stuff that doesn't matter. and so. You know, he would just have compassion for me and with me. And he'd like comfort me in my crying. And I'm crying because I'm frustrated that I'm thinking about people I don't want to think about. So, <laughs> that's
1: real of um, you. Like, I love that you're so honest with him about that. Because, I, like, that's, like, the best thing I think that we can do.
0: Yeah, exactly. He, you know, he prayed. Like, he'll pray for me. And I just felt so bad. I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, like, oh, this sucks. And so, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure men go through it as well. Like, I think I've had one man comment. And he was like, thank you, you know, or I gave men understanding of their wives that maybe weren't so understanding. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think it's just a journey for everyone.
1: I love that you like emphasize all- like, yeah, over time, it does get easier, but also it's work. Like it's work. We have to cast those thoughts down, know our word, like rebuke those thoughts in the name of Jesus. Like it's the drifting that's dangerous. If we're ever just like drifting, Like, that's how you fall into all these other things of the world. Walking the Christian walk, it does take work
0: every day. Yeah, God says to work out your salvation, you know, not to be saved, but just to work it out. Like, yeah, that's why a lot of people, you know, they don't persevere. And they're just like, well, I'm a believer, but all this stuff is happening to me. But it's because, you know, it's a partnership. I think about it like business all the time. Like, this is a literal partnership. Like, it's together. It's not just God doing everything. Mm -hmm.
1: So I'm curious, what's the biggest thing that God freed you from?
0: I would say myself, (laughs) but just, I think the biggest thing, and the reason I say this is the biggest thing is because it's something that I didn't even know was a thing. Um, And that's just my identity and that's my dignity. And I didn't know what dignity was. Like, I just remember when I was going through you know, isolation with God. I remember being in my room and randomly I started to call back my dignity to me. And I thought it was the weirdest thing ever because after that I had to look up what is dignity. Like I didn't even know what I was saying. And so I knew God was just working in me and through me. And when I realized, okay, like dignity has a lot to do with the things that you just like freely gave, you know, like you gave yourself up to just things that didn't deserve you and you know Slowly but surely, it rips away your self esteem, your self confidence, your identity. Like it strips away everything when you don't respect yourself and, you know, or when people don't respect you and people are just speaking negative things over you and you receive it and you believe it and you start to aware an identity that's not actually us and we don't know Christ. So then it makes everything worse. So that was the biggest thing I think he's freed me from was just, um, well, like restoring my dignity, I guess I can say, and revealing to me who I am and how secure I actually am because, um, you know, I was super bound to makeup. I was super bound to, um, looking a certain way and just being someone for, for men. Like I just, you know, i had a lot of comparison issues. Like I grew up like in high school and, you know, especially in Orange County, unfortunately, I don't feel like You know people are the nicest people especially in high school and so um you know women were just not the nicest to me in general like constantly being bullied even if it wasn't face-to-face I just knew women weren't like girls just weren't nice and so um that and also I was in the popular crowd in high school which I actually hated and I think there was more problems in in that and just more insecurity and more of everything. Like a lot of people in high school and junior high, or even when they're older, they desire popularity. Like they want that. And I just would not recommend, like highly do not recommend to anyone who's trying to just be popular, be seen by, you know, people that are labeled as popular because it's all, I feel like it's sin just birthed like crazy in popularity because, um, it's just more comparison, more pride, more, every, like more, um, more parties, more drinking, more sex, more boys, more lusting, like more everything. And so yeah, I think that really took away my dignity. And so when he restored me of that, I was able to kind of see myself or who I was, which was his daughter and then able to walk out that you know walk out who i am and then on top of my home also being bullied at home you know by people that live in my house and feeling like neglected and rejected and isolated so i just knew that there was a place for me there with god when i felt like there was never a, a place for me anywhere
1: yeah like that's our firm foundation on which we can build everything else and now that's why like you have this beautiful marriage uh these beautiful businesses just everything that god is doing in your life which started at that groundwork of your identity in him yeah
0: Yeah. it started so long ago so long ago and that's a whole another story within itself but you know i think my, my biggest desire is just for women to yeah just for women to not be so quick to want to fit into things you don't want to be popular want to try to be like everyone else because god separates us he calls us to be set apart for a reason if everyone was the same i don't think impact would be possible because how can you impact everyone that you're exactly like you know like so i think impact comes from being different and being set apart and so i just encourage women to embrace that and if if they're struggling like in their differences i pray really, they really ask god to just help them understand why they are different and what the purpose is yeah yeah and different different doesn't mean better either. it just means different, you know so um yeah, I think that's the biggest thing i have to say
1: yeah i I love what you said like ask God, why am I different like this like what is this supposed to be used for? that's yeah. that's a great follow-up question to that yeah, I love that well, okay, so that's all I have uh, for us today as well uh would you mind? just sort of praying us out well and kind of praying for those girls like who you used to be
0: yeah okay perfect is your name pronounced Michaela? yes okay perfect okay uh lord thank you today for this opportunity just to share my story and also to just grow Michaela's platform and lord i just pray for all of the women that are watching this god i just ask that you open up their hearts to receive and that they don't receive any condemnation from this god but they just receive hope and, um, confidence that you can do all things and that nothing is impossible for you. I just pray that you give them the strength and the courage and the, yeah, just the boldness to walk in their differences, to walk in what you have called them to Lord. And, um, you know, to just help them be compassionate and loving towards individuals who maybe aren't so loving and compassionate towards them, That you teach them how to pray for their enemies, to love their enemies. Um, yeah, to just see people to just see people from your light, Lord, and show them that people are struggling in their own way. They could be coming from insecurities, jealousy. And I just pray that you give them a different heart, Lord, and just help them walk out their identity in Christ. Show these women and reveal to them how they are worthy, how they are valuable, and how they have something to give to this world because of what you have done inside of them or are going to do inside of them, Lord. So we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for this day. And
1: yeah, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to have you leave a review and share it with a friend. All information on how to stay connected with the Raised Interdeem podcast can be found in the show notes below. Until next time, stay well and God bless you.